Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Broadway star Liz Calloway performs a special tribute to the late Stephen Sondheim this Saturday at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. She joined me to discuss Sondheim's enduring legacy, as well as her own career from a dancing napkin ring in Disney's Beauty and the Beast to the singing voice of Don Bluth's Anastasia. Hey, Liz Calloway, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. I'm so happy to be talking to you. We are talking because you are doing a very cool event at the Kennedy Center this Saturday. It's going to be a special tribute to the late Stephen Sondheim, Broadway legend, uh, and you're calling it To Steve With Love. I guess, Is that a play on uh, To Serve With Love, I guess? <laughs> well, it's a combination of a play on To Serve With Love. Thank you. No one else has gotten that. And uh, me? <laughs> Where's all the City Point A fans in the house? Yeah. <laughs> But also uh, there is a lyric in the song Company to Bobby with love. Um, and so that's sort it's sort of a play on words for both those both those things. All the Sondheim lovers got that immediately, but not not the to sir with love reference. But he was a teacher to me and teaching was one of his um, passions. And that so that title just kind of came to me. It's perfect. And I know company holds a special place in your heart as the first you saw. I'll get of his that is. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But first, um, uh, more about the show, you know, like what songs from Sondheim's prolific career are might we hear in this set list at the Kennedy Center? It's almost it's got to be hard to choose, right? Well, it is. I'm actually doing 16 songs and some of them actually are are medleys. So there's so there's actually a lot of different songs. Um, I'll be probably the most famous song of Sondheim is was Send in the Clowns, which, of course, I'll be doing. But I'll be doing a number of songs from Merrily We Roll Along, which was my first Broadway show. And um and songs from Company and Sunday in the Park with George and Passion. And it's a very personal tribute to Steve, as I graduated to calling him. And I've been so looking forward to doing it in D.C. because I know D.C. is a real a town of Sondheim lovers. So I'm excited to be doing my show Saturday night at the Kennedy Center. Oh, DC loves Sondheim. I know, uh, especially Signature Theater, they do Sondheim tributes all the time. But I mean, every yeah. theater around town, he, he's, uh, you know, he was a legend. Still is. I hate to say was, because still is. The music lives on, you know. Um, yes, there was just an article or something about how Sondheim is cool again, because there's so many Sondheim uh, shows happening on Broadway, you know, Sweeney Todd and Merrily We Roll Along, all, all throughout DC. 
And, um, you know, I made an album of the show that I'm doing on Saturday night. It was nominated for a Grammy Award, which was very unexpected. But it's it's suddenly Sondheim is, you know, uh, Sondheim never left, but he's just, you know, the people just love his music and respect his music. And uh, and it shows because he's he's really big right now. I think it's funny that you said that he's he's cool again. Um, I think I'm sure that article probably came. I would imagine because there was the 2021, you know, the Steven Spielberg uh, re- remake of West Side Story that got Sondheim back in, and I guess he passed away right at the same time. And then I think he his voice was even he calls in on the answering machine in Tick Tick Boom to yes he uh, does <laughs> yes he does inspiring a young Jonathan Larson to go make rent and everything else. But yeah, so I mean the uh, Sondheim is sort of back in the in the zeitgeist. Um well that's very cool. Thanks for teasing a couple of the numbers we might hear, but you have to come out to the show for to hear to hear everything, folks. That's um, right. All right. Well, let's go a little more into your backstory and, you know, your discovery of Sondheim. I, I teased it a few seconds ago, but let's dive in. So I know um, you grew up in in Chicago, you know, in in 60s and 70s. So your first Sondheim musical, you uh, you know, it was company on Broadway in 1970, right? Like, so remind us that that first experience, like how blown away you were by his genius that very first I, time. I will. You know, even though I was born and raised in Chicago for five years, my dad worked for CBS radio at the time and he was transferred to New York. So we actually um, moved to New York in 1968 for five years. And so we went, the first Broadway show, as you said, was Company. Um, and my parents saw the show first and they loved it. They brought home the cast album and I just went crazy for it. I And I listened to it. I memorized it. And then they took my sister and me to see the show. And that just stayed with me. And there was something about his music. And I mean, I was like, I think I was made eight or nine, maybe not. I think I was nine when I saw it. And it, Company is definitely not um, a show for nine-year-olds, <laughs> but it spoke to this nine-year-old. And what was kind of amazing is Company was directed by the great Hal Prince and uh, had a book by George Firth and played at the Alvin Theater. And then 10 years after seeing Company, I made my Broadway debut in Merrily, We Roll Along, which was also directed by Hal Prince, booked by George Firth, and played at the Alvin Theater. So it was kind of, you know, when I got cast in Merrily, I just thought, oh my God, how amazing is it that I am just with the same people in the same theater that meant so much to me when I was little. Wow, so cool. The the same composer, Sondheim, same director, Harold Prince, and same theater, Alvin Theater on Broadway. You were once a kid in the seats watching those folks make Broadway history, and then you join and on the cast and work with all of them. That's great. And was it who remind me who else was in that that uh that early 80s merrily we roll along cast? What wasn't a young Jason Alexander? A, a young Seinfeld? Jason Alexander, yes. I knew, I mean, we knew. We knew he was a star back then. He <laughs> he was just, he was fantastic. Also, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, a wonderful actor. Oh, wow. Right before he did uh, Bugging Out and Do the Right Thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he also was in Merrily. Those are probably the two, you know, biggest names, na- you know, nationally. But it was, a, it was a wonderful cast. We were all very young and Merrily closed 
very quickly. It's a huge hit on Broadway now, you know, starring Daniel Radcliffe. But uh, we closed after two weeks. And after we closed, the next day we recorded the cast album. And and that, you know, even though it was we weren't a success when we opened, I think the cast album was so important. And and over the years, people thought, oh, my God, this is one of Sondheim's greatest scores, which I think it is. Wow. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter yeah. and the Half-Blood Hal Prince. <laughs> there you go. That's really, really cool. And who did you play, by the way, in that real quick? Before well, you I was I was originally hired as a swing, but then I was in the chorus. So I was in the chorus. I had two solo lines, which you can hear on the cast album, which, by the way, I will also recreate my two solo lines on Saturday night. Nice. And um, but I also understudied the female lead um, and I I never went on. But I during rehearsals, she got sick and I I sang I sang her songs for her during some of the rehearsals. And I think that's how Sondheim heard me because then after Merrily, he invited me to be a part of some really wonderful concerts and recordings. Yes. And one of those was you doing the 1985 Lincoln Center concert production of Follies. Uh, you were doing the role of young Sally. I believe it was filmed as like a, you know, like a documentary, you know, to, yes. for, for posterity. But um, rattle, I have the list in front of me, but why don't you tell the listeners if you can remember, rattle off some of the massive, massive names of showbiz that are in that. Like I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my gosh, they were all in oh, the same it was, thing. It was incredible. It, um, it was uh, Barbara Cook, Mandy Patinkin, Carol Burnett, Lee Remick, um, Elaine Stritch, uh, George Hearn. It was it was an amazing cast. In fact, I just was looking up to see what musical theater albums won Grammy Awards. We did a live recording of it. That was why they did this Follies in Concert. It was to create a, a cast album or a live recording. And um, and it won a Grammy Award. And I had no idea because when it this was 1985 and, you know, there was no Internet. So you just didn't necessarily find out about things, but it was, it was amazing. And what was kind of, I was thinking was kind of, I was young Sally to Barbara Cook's Sally. And the last time I performed in DC doing a solo concert was at the Kennedy Center as part, part of the Barbara Cook concert series um, at the Terrace Theater. And so there's something really special about knowing that I'm going to be back there on Saturday. And and I will be talking about my experiences of Follies in Concert and, and singing a song from the show that Barbara sang. Wow. And what song was it? Um, In Buddy's Eyes. Okay, Buddy's Eyes. Wow, that's a full circle back to the Kennedy Center. And, and I'm, right? glad you're, I'm glad you're including some some tidbits on Follies on, on when you're performing. And by the way, of all the people you mentioned, I mean, it was a legendary lineup. Uh, we also have to mention that uh, what Compton and Green were in it too. <laughs> oh yes, yes. But the famous duo amazing. composers of "On the Town" and "Singing in You Know Singing in the Rain," the bandwagon. Their song showed up in like the biggest movies and some of plays ever. You're absolutely right. It it was it was a who's who. It was amazing. <laughs> and All with the New York Philharmonic, right? Yes, yeah. and it was probably the greatest. We you know we rehearsed for five days. 
And it was terrifying. We we just, it was like five days. How are we going to put this together? This massive score. And, and, and we were so scared. And when we came out, the women, I, and I, I'll talk about this more on Saturday night, but we entered and the audience, uh, the reaction, it was like a, it was like a tsunami of sound of applause when we entered and you can actually hear it on the live album. And it was one of the most exciting, thrilling moments I've ever experienced um, in the theater. And so it's fun in my show, in, in addition to singing songs about, you know, singing songs by by Steve, I also tell a lot of stories of my experiences. And so it's it's a it's a concert, but it almost feels more like a theater piece to me. Absolutely. And speaking of Sondheim, did did I read that you appeared with him on the famous Inside the Actor Studio show? Yes, I did. Uh that was another terrifying experience. <laughs> um, uh, it was me and Jay, uh, Jimmy Walton, who played the lead in Merrily on Broadway. And we sat like five or six feet from him. And as he was being interviewed by James Lipton, we would then sing examples of his songs Whoa. that they would be talking about. So we'd be singing and then he was right there. And <laughs> so it was, a, it was a little intimidating, but it's amazing because you can still, you can see it on YouTube. And, and one of my favorite moments from that is at the very end, uh, Jimmy and I sang Move On from Sending the Park with George. It's one of my favorite Sondheim songs. And at the end, um, there's a beautiful lyric Anything you do, let it come from you. Then it will be new. Give us more to see. And when I sang that, I turned and I looked at Steve and said that to him. And that's, you can see that on, you know, on YouTube. And it's just like one of those goosebump moments. Wow. And rest in peace, not only Sondheim, mm. but also James Lipton. Wow. The fact yes. that you were there with those two icons uh, singing uh, in between the interview. That's great. All right. Well, we're going to all have to look that up on YouTube. Everybody stop what you're doing. Well, after this interview, finish listening. Yes. To yes. This, Don't turn go, off this then interview. Go, <laughs> then go to YouTube. Uh, well, yes, you can't turn off the interview yet because there's so many. Uh, there's a couple more uh, before we run. We I want to you know, we have to discuss some of your your um your other roles, you know, beyond Sondheim, you know, on stage and, and in animated, you know, Disney movies and and Bluth movies and the rest. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
So uh, real quick. So I think you were the original Ellen in Broadway's Miss Saigon in 91. Yes, I was. And yes, what's cool about that, we're going to tie it into the animated stuff this way because you shared the stage with Leia Salonga, who joined us, I don't know, a couple years ago on WTOB. Uh, you were both on there together. She would go on to provide the singing voice of Jasmine in Disney's original ad, and you provided the Jasmine voice in the sequels, Return of Jafar and the King of Thieves. Uh, did you, do you guys ever um, laugh about that in hindsight? Hey, we, we were in Miss Saigon, and then we both became Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I did a concert last year with uh, of Aaron uh, Aronson Flaherty, who wrote Anastasia, and I and Leia and I did this concert together, and it was like, wow, isn't that amazing? <laughs> the connection over the years. Um, it, it was really, it was, I know that was very cool. That was very cool. And, uh, I, I love the animated movie work I've done. I just did a, a tribute to Stephen Flaherty, the composer of Anastasia at Carnegie hall. And, um, and I got to sing the Oscar nominated song journey to the past from Anastasia. And that's one of my favorite, you know, jobs I've ever had. Well, yeah, you mentioned Anastasia. A lot of our listeners will remember it. It came out in 1997. And, um, you know, Disney had been going, Disney was like, you know, dominating and doing, you know, the, the whole Disney renaissance of Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Lion King and all that stuff. But Don Bluth, like, was was always, like, making great stuff sort of, you know, as an alternate to Disney, you know, Five Old American Tale and Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven, Thumbelina, all that stuff. And Anastasia was one of the most beloved ones. So just, you know, even more memories of that because I believe the, the role was voiced by Meg Ryan and yes. um, Kirsten Dunn and Lacey Chabert and all, you know what I mean? Like for, voicing it at different, Anastasia at different ages. Uh, but you got to do the singing. So did you ever interact with them? Or I assume you're all in different vocal booths, but I don't know, any red carpet? No, you know what? I actually I actually met Meg Ryan for the first time at the premiere. And there was a party at the Plaza Hotel in New York. But no, I never, I never actually, you know, we did everything separately. I did get to sing in the movie with Angela Lansbury, who played the grandmother. And I had done uh, a Sondheim concert with her in 1983. And so it was the first time I had been with her since then. And she was the late, great Dame Angela Lansbury. It was incredible. Um, you know, when we, when we did Anastasia, I don't think we had any idea. I don't think I realized the impact it would have on people. You know, years later, thanks to the album and thanks to the video. And and then, of course, there was a Broadway stage version of it. But it that's something that's been amazing to me is to how many people come up to me. And, yeah, you know, people in their 20s and especially in their 30s. And they look they look at me. I can tell someone comes up to me. I can see it in their eyes that they're Anastasia fans. <laughs> I can just, as soon as I see them, I want Anastasia. And they're like, yes. Um, <laughs> what's funny though, what's funny though, is now Disney bought Ana Anastasia. You oh, know, they well, bought, yeah, Disney, Disney they bought, bought the 20th the Century Fox. <laughs> they bought 20th Century Fox. Right. And so actually someone just pointed out to me yesterday on Instagram at, at Disney, I think at Disney World, there's now this beautiful, there's a beautiful um, 
there's merch now, Anastasia merch at Disney World. So I need to get, I need to go to Disney World. <laughs> You're officially folded into the the Disney brand now. Right. Well, yeah, I remember the the articles were the mouse. They said the mouse ate the fox when <laughs> Disney bought. Oh, right, Disney. right, 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 right. And but, for um, years, people were like, you know, thought Anastasia was a Disney princess, but yeah. she wasn't. But now she is. Yeah, it was the the Don Bluth rival to Walt Disney, right. and now they're all under the same umbrella. So now I guess now you're on Disney Plus, probably. So there you That's go. All, I guess yeah. I am. <laughs> you can listen to those songs uh, forever and ever. Uh, but hey, real quick, you mentioned Angela Lansbury, and um, uh, you know, as the grandma in Anastasia. But actually, I think you you also were worked not really directly with her, but you you shared you know credits on um, Beauty and the Beast because you know she was Mrs. Potts, and I believe you had the legendary role of the dancing napkin rings <laughs> that's right but also if you listen to the opening number am i allowed can i sing oh, I, are you kidding me i wish we were doing it the whole time <laughs> okay all right this was um this is what i did in anastasia in the opening number i mean in beauty and the beast in in the opening number <clears throat> good day thank nice. you that's the line. It, are you talking like that's, in the whole the Bell's opening song? You know, yes, all that. that's my that's just, so I we all played many different characters. Right. You know, we had little things. So I that was my solo line. And I also was one of Gaston's silly girls. So if you listen really closely, you can kind of pick out my voice in that. And then I was a singing and dancing napkin ring. It it was um it really showed I think Beauty and the Beast really showed my range as a singing <laughs> actress. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can't have be our guest without the dancing napkin ring and that's and right. Guest on songs. Um, and then of course the big opening number. And you were one of the people in the poor provincial town. That's so, right. Um, well, you really did your research, Jason. I am so impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. But also a lot of those Disney songs are and Bluth songs are just burned into my brain. So it's just oh, yeah. kind of just and rattling around as we talk. But uh, <laughs> but um, wait, so are you can you break some news? Who, who who was the one that said I need six eggs? It's too expensive. That wasn't you. <laughs> no, that was who was that? You know, I'd have to think. I'm not sure if that might have been Alex Corey. I'm not sure. It was a, you know, I auditioned for Belle in Beauty and the Beast and I got to like the final five and I, I didn't get it. And and I, at, I said to my agent, can you ask them if they need anyone to sing in the chorus? And they were like, you want to sing in the chorus? I'm like, yes, it would be so much fun. And I love choral singing. And, um, and they actually assembled an amazing cast of of Broadway performers. And we had so much fun. We had so much fun doing that movie. We did it over um we did it like over a year. And so it was always fun to come back and do another song. No, it's it's an all timer, as is Anastasia. And of course, yeah, everyone just, you know, go through the whole animated library, folks. You'll you'll see um, Liz Calloway's voice in The Swan Princess and The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride and all, so many, so many ones that yeah, we don't have time to go into. Uh, but before we do run, uh, before we wrap it back around to Sondheim, one final thing that people might not remember. You didn't you and your sister and Hampton Calloway. You sang the TV song, the theme song for the nanny, Fran Drescher? Yes. Um, Anne wrote the song and she sings lead on it. And I sing, I sing backup vocals on it. Watch out, CC. 
And uh, <laughs> see, I sang twice for you, Jason. That's um, great. But, it, oh, and it's, you know, I remember Anne said, hey, I'm doing this demo for, for Fran Drescher, ha having no idea that the nanny would run for years and would be, it's like, to me, it's one of the great TV theme songs. And when my when Anne and I do shows and concerts together, we often sing the theme song from the nanny and everyone knows it and they sing along. It's amazing. And now the president of SAG-AFTRA, little did you know. Yes, uh, the amazing president of SAG-AFTRA, Fran Drescher. Yes, thankfully the strikes are over and people are getting back back to work. Uh, and and your career continues on. Anything else you want to tease that you have coming up in addition to the show before we run? I always love to give people a chance to plug anything if they have anything else. Well, you know, uh, if people want to know where I am, I, I started a Substack newsletter called Between Flights, and I share my schedule. And sometimes I do sing songs from my kitchen table and behind the scenes things. If if anyone wants to sign up for that at my website, LizCalloway.com. And the thing I'm most looking forward to um, are the Grammy Awards coming up um, for I'm nominated my Sondheim album, my live album of the show I'm doing on Saturday night to Steve with love is nominated for um, best traditional pop vocal album. Also. Um, and I'm against uh, Bruce Springsteen is in oh. this category. And, you know, I, I feel like we're always lumped together. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> to Bruce so that's like, yeah. all right. No, but it's just an absolute, thrill to you know to have my first grammy nomination especially for a sondheim album i'm i'm just so proud and and stunned and excited wow that's so cool congrats on the the first grammy nomination good luck at you know beating the boss <laughs> bruce <laughs> but um in the meantime everyone in the dc area can come hear all those songs from that grammy nominated recording uh into steve with love liz calloway celebrate sondheim it's going to be at the kennedy center um this saturday january 20th at 7 30 p.m so everybody get your tickets now hey thanks so much for doing this i really really appreciate it so nice talking to you, Jason, and uh, can't wait to come to D.C. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.